Howdy y'all and welcome to Texas Watch for the week of Tuesday, July 14th, 2020. I'm your host Project and joining me as always is the Tracer main with the biggest brain, ZayXL. What is up man? How's it going? We are back with some more talk about some Overwatch. Had a week off. We've got one of the most important topics, if not the most important topic the to most talk about this 100%. week. 100%. Uh, because this week we're going to talk about Houston's going to go down because this is Texas Watch. You can catch the show live right here on twitch.tv forward slash project AR every Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time because Texas time is bestest time. If you can't catch the show live, don't worry about it. We're on podcast services all around the globe. And maybe you're watching us on YouTube. If you are, hey. How you doing? See that little like button down below? Go ahead and hit that for me. Maybe that subscribe button. Click on notifications. Turn those on. That way you can get notified whenever a new podcast goes on. But uh, instead of just rambling, let's just jump into it. Okay? This week, we have the Battle for Texas 6. Now, you man, know, we're, we're oh, two Star oh. Wars trilogies deep. <laughs> we're two Star Wars trilogies deep, man. We got the first trilogy and then the sec the ending of the second trilogy. And I'm ready. We're we're uh we're about to see what this trilogy ends on because yep. this is the probably last time these two teams are going to see each other for the rest of the season unless some playoff run happens where we get seated against each other, which mm -hmm. is very possible. We'll get into that a little bit later. But yes, yes. before we do, maybe you're not really familiar with the history of the Battle for Texas. Maybe this is your first time hearing of it. You know, why do these two teams hate each other so much? If it's your first time hearing about it, well, welcome to the show. Nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> Enjoy the topic because we're about to go down the rabbit hole here of what this rivalry has meant to Overwatch and how up and down it's been for both teams. 100%. So what I want to do is let's go back and we're just going to run through literally every single Battle for Texas that we have had in the Overwatch League. Sound good? Sounds like a plan to me. I'm more than happy to go down memory lane. <laughs> well, then let's start off with the very first Battle for Texas. Yeah. It was in, what, January of 2018. 2018, I believe, yes. We had the Dallas Fuel going up against the Houston Outlaws, and the Outlaws took it 4-0. That's right. That, that's, we was that's, the that's shit. Right. We was the shit. Mm -hmm. That's right. It was I, an I amazing wanna, I want to jump to one of these games right, before we do. Oh, God. Audio. Don't, don't sue us, Overwatch League. But <laughs> I, I want to I take a look at this real quick. So mm -hmm. I went back, and I kind of skimmed Ooh, through man. all these games, and found some interesting things uh first things first a friendly reminder for my long-term fuel fans this was when we had the taimu effect mickey coco chipsa and sorry chipsian and oh. custa roster. i was gonna say i forgot you had chipsa chipsa no no, no, no chipsian okay, sorry Oh, what a wow! I this, just, oh, that, that roster brings back <laughs> like a whole other era of overwatch league this was the old Team Envy roster back when they won Apex, you know, mm. so you would think, oh, this team's unbeatable, and then they're getting 4-0'd by the Houston Outlaws, a team of, well, I don't want to say Ooh. nobodies, but come on. What? Come on. Come on, man. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't do this like that with the jank leaks or combo. Are you kidding me? 
We had some people that were good in the league. Linkster at the time was probably one of, if not the best widows in the league. First off, don't do my boy Linkster like that. Okay, okay. All right. And Jake literally has a character that only is assigned to him. Hello. Like, what other hero person in the league, I guess, besides the Genjis now? No one else has that. True. No one played Junkrat the way Jake did back in the day. So don't do my boy short. Before okay. Jock, we were good. Okay, okay. I, I'll give y'all that. What I do have to give y'all, though, is, again, y'all took it 4-0. This was when the Dallas Field weren't looking all too good as a team. We were yeah, going through had a, a whole bunch of drama. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Let's just not talk about it. We're going to fast forward. to Cry me a river. Pretty much. <laughs> For the first battle for Texas, Houston Outlaws took it, and they owned Texas for pretty much the entirety of the season because they never played again. Until season two. April 28th, 2019. At the Allen Event Center in Allen, Texas, the Dallas Fuel were hosting the very first home game. Now, you might think, okay, why is this special? Why did this matter? This game specifically, Dallas versus Houston, was the most electrifying sporting event I have ever been to in my life. Um, the hype in that arena was unreal. The fact that it was Dallas versus Houston meant we had fans from all across the state of Texas all in that arena. It really did feel like, well, not 50-50, but I'd say a good 55-40. Hell no, one 50-50. It was about 60-40. Right, right, right. There were more Fuel fans and Outlaws fans, but Outlaws fans showed up for this game. We did, and we were loud. You were loud, but you couldn't beat home field advantage. Sorry, not sorry. Of course not. I mean, seriously, the first home stand with... I mean, you had the first home stand over the home team. You, you had people that were even from Dallas just, like, just there because it was the first one. So, yes, I would say there was a massive home field advantage, and that's what ended up costing the Outlaws. I guess y'all were kind of good, but, I mean. Kind of good? This, this, the is when, this is when OG was at his peak for sure. AKM Zarya was showing up. I mean, he figured out how to play goats. We everybody. Uh, this is the goats, goats meta. That's this right. Was goats. Don't forget this that. Is the goats meta. Uh, so you know, we, we had some good times in this game. Dallas won this one. They officially took Texas back from the Outlaws. So it was a it was a pretty good feeling, if I do say so myself. Okay. okay. Must be nice to get a win after a while. You know, must <laughs> be nice to get on the board. I, yeah, it must be nice to get on the board. So this was the second battle for Texas, one that we would think would happen once a year until the 2020 season. This season, so far, we have had three. Let's talk about the first one, right? April 26th, 2020, almost an entire year after the previous battle for Texas, we get Houston versus Dallas again. Dallas taking it in a much closer game than previous. We went 2-3 instead of the 3-1 or 3-0. So, if you ask me, this is when the team started kind of reaching true parity. You know, we weren't we weren't really yeah. stricken by goats. We were both two teams that were, I'll be honest, at this time of the season, we weren't doing too hot. And it, it, it truly really became weren't. a rivalry. It, had, it was in a dangerous spot of not becoming a rivalry if Houston would have beat Dallas on their home turf. If you go up 2-0... I'm beating someone on the road. Yeah. There's danger. There's danger that that's why the the LA teams. That's why they're not celebrated. I would say as much as this rivalry is because those teams are so up and down and back and forth. And this, I don't even think it's really parody. But it's but not. once the 
once Dallas came and three won the uh, uh, the Outlaws on um, the second time, or they beat the Outlaws the second time, and the Outlaws slept in the first time, and then to come back in this third match, and for it to be as close as it was, I think really put it in the map as this is a rivalry that's going to help carry the Overwatch League. For sure, and I mean, every single battle for Texas, the numbers are always there. If they actually stole it in-home games, which I pray mm-hmm. we get next season, if you put Dallas versus Houston on the ticket, we'll buy tickets. Shit, we'll be... <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna be there. We're gonna be there. <laughs> Those Easy. games are something else, but this was the first one that we had of this season. We have been used to having one all season for the past two, so to our surprise, mm-hmm. we got another one. May 22nd. Another one. We had <laughs> we had Houston versus Dallas. Dallas taking it 3-1. Uh, mm. This time during this season, it was when Dallas were starting to figure out, you know, how their team worked. Decay started to pop off. Doha started to get into his own shoes. You know, we, we had kind of figured out what we needed to do to win. Houston, on the other hand, I think y'all were still playing Muma at this time. Yes, uh, I, I believe so. Let me see if I can pull up. No, uh, it it was still uh it was still Muma and um I I, I believe in Mecco we had just gotten too. Yeah, like, yeah. I I believe that was our yeah. tank line during that matchup. Oh no, you had um, hydration in during this game. Oh, we did wait. Yeah, I got, oh, I got it pulled up on the side, homie. Pull up the screen. Has has, has Muma been gone that long? I let's, feel like. Let's see. Okay, we're on. This is game three. Game four, hydration still in Hanamura. Fast forward. Fast forward. Rialto, hydration still in. Uh, going to the first map that was on Nepal. Yeah, hydration. Man, this must have been one of the early times. Yeah, and this is when we started to shift as a team on the Outlaws, right? Mm-hmm. But benching Muma, one of our mainstays. Um, if you've watched any of the Outlaws games or you know when this team was first formed, Muma's one of our is one of our favorite uh, players. He's definitely one of the fan favorites and one that when he got benched was pretty shocking for the Outlaws. So to see hydration come in and then to perform at a at a good level was was surprising to me at first. I've seen him play before he got to the Outlaws. I knew what he could do, but I didn't expect him to just hold on to that main tank role. I, I suspected that Moomin would take it back, but so far that wasn't the case, and this was kind of the start of it. Um, and this was a good this was a good series here too, man. This was a good matchup. I, definitely I w- was. I would definitely have to agree, but I do also think that this is when Dallas started to. I don't want to say crumble. Uh, we. This is when I personally noticed a little bit of a lacking in performance when it comes to closer. Uh, I do think this is also when we're starting to go through the drama of he wanted to go home. So uh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, moving on, we ended up having the Lone Star Challenge, a what three week rotating series between the few and the outlaws. This wasn't official. This was like an exhibition, but I like Correct. to consider it a official battle for Texas. It's just, it's just yeah. a rubber, it's a rubber match. It's when you, it's when you in the driveway, you beat your homie, in, you know, in a in a one on one game. Yeah, you're not in a court with a referees and stuff, but, but you still, still won. It still counts, especially. <laughs> and I want to give it to Houston. Like this was an entertaining game to watch. I, I will admit, I never realized how important the home and away skins were until watching this match. Because having both teams <laughs> on their home skin, while it looks kind of cool, they're both, like... They're There's like a very dark. high contrast. Yes. There's a very high contrast. It's like the green and blue really clash against each other. There's 100%. a reason that all sporting, leagues, all sporting leagues do it a certain way. There's a reason for that. And we kind of find out here. Uh, 
But yeah, it was a it was a pretty good matchup, man. I had a lot of fun watching this. Um, I think it's a great idea. I'm glad we had. Uh, I believe it was Uber and um Jake, and Jake were the casters were yeah. casting this, great and that was pretty cool. I and I love Jake Bias. It was great. I hope that we see more of this from other teams, actually, because mm-hmm. like the Dallas Houston rivalry specifically. I feel is one of the few that's relatively consistent, right? Like we don't ever really have to deal with knowing like, oh, well, Dallas is going to look better than Houston or Houston looks better than Dallas. Like mm-hmm. one thing, especially in the conversation that we're going to get to, I do think this is going to be a pretty close game. Um, I think so too. So, you know what? Let's Should we just jump into the next battle for Texas? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. So jumping in, we are now on, let's see, what day is it? July 17th at 4 o'clock p.m. Central Time because Texas time. It's best this time. You know this. There we go. (laughs) So here's what I'm looking at, right? We have the game coming up, and Hero Pool specifically is what I want to talk to you about because Mm -hmm. this is where we start thinking about strategies, who has the upper hand. And I actually think that this next game is going to be really interesting for both teams. The Hero Pool. We have, for our audio listeners, if you're not watching us on video right now, the two DPS that are banned for this game are both May and Widowmaker. Uh, yep. Two characters who we've seen. I know Dallas, we've played May Widow a lot. Um, I know y'all have to play Widow with Linkser. That is that's uh, his hero. Dante yes. gets stuck on May sometimes, so maybe we'll we'll probably see a lot more tracer. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, mm-hmm. For tanks, the only tank that is banned is Orisa. I'm personally not worried at all. Gomsu's tank line and the tanks he can play are pretty much all over the place. He just plays Orisa because he has to, and then right, right. doesn't really touch her unless he also has to. And then for the support that is banned, we have Ana which is, I think, the most interesting of all four bands. Because mm-hmm. this means... What makes you say that? No Nano. Th- yep, th- there yep. is no Nano available, no Purple, no Sleep. Uh, we're going to see a lot more people dying pretty quickly. We're going to see a lot more or a lot less put all of your resources into one character for their ultimate because that's what Nano really was, you know, like... During the summer showdown, we saw a lot of teams prioritizing the Genji, make sure Genji can stay alive so Genji can pop off with his nan or with his blade so Ana could give it to him and then he can go off. Now we're not going to see that. Genji will still be in play, but he won't be able to be nanoed, which I think is going to be a really interesting contrast for this week's games. And and plus you have to realize too, I believe this is the patch where Briggs armor pack don't heal you um, or increase your HP. Uh, that's the live patch right now. So that's an even more of a hindrance to Genji as well as not having Nanoblade. So teams are going to have to make a pretty big decision here about whether they want to stick with that Genji kind of brawl comp. Um, I have an opinion on what you could run, but unfortunately it doesn't work well for the Outlaws if that is the meta. Um, <laughs> it would be to run the the Lucio Moira, Reinhardt like Zarya, and you're in the Genji as a brawler. And you just roll because he can just right click the shit out of people, and you run him as a brawl hero because that's what you that's what you have when, to do. But ha- when has Houston never been good at a brawly comp? Exactly my point. Exactly my point. So you'll have to end up putting Linkser on the Ash because I think at this point that's the only hero that's viable for him in this meta. Um, and Dante can run either Echo or Tracer. Um, without a Widow, it makes it easier because you know the Echo doesn't have to worry about a one hit kill, but. 
you know, Nash is still in play as well, and McCree is still on the table. So it, it's going to make for some more creativity. I'm glad to have the May ban, to be honest, because I hate seeing Dante in May jail. Like, <laughs> he, he, like, he's way too good of a hit scan and player overall other heroes to be forced on, like, May Reaper. So we won't see that, which is great. Um, and I am a little worried, to be honest, to kind of go with the Outlaws' weaknesses at first. Um, I, I think Hydration's Arisa was serviceable and pretty good. Um, his Reinhardt is is still to be determined, I think. It's looked really hot and cold, similar to Muma's. So I don't know what to expect. I mean, I see Muma still as a better Reinhardt, you know, main Reinhardt Winston than Hydration. I'd be curious to see if we pull him out for maybe a control map or something and have Muma in there and they bring in Hydration for the payload style maps or the hybrid. Um, that that would be interesting to me. That's maybe the direction I would lean, but I'm not Dream, so I, I don't know our our harsh all. So <laughs> I I don't know what they have up their sleeve. But the meta is going to be interesting. I don't want to say difficult, but the loss of Widow, which is what Linkster can really have his carry potential on, is tough. Um, and, and last thing I want to say about it too, I know Dream actually recently had a stream on Twitch where he was talking about why we've looked better over the past couple weeks. And he literally was completely honest and said, you know, the real key thing that has made us a lot better over these past couple of weeks and made us compete as well as we did in the summer showdown, he said it was straight up Linkser. We honestly didn't change any of our coaching philosophies. He's like, Linkser just played better. And he also went on to say that I know people think that coaches have a ton of influence on a lot of this stuff but to be honest we can only tell them so much and they have to go out and perform and he said the reason we're playing better is because links are just performing better and i was like that's a huge statement right so he's really admitting that we haven't changed too much our coaching philosophies hydration's been in dante's been in links has been in jack saying repel and mecco of course they've all been consistent and they're saying nothing's really changed except for the fact that our players are playing better and it's kind of a sucks for us to see that widow's out of the picture um, maybe he can pop up on the Ash, too. I'm not sure. But this hero pool, like you mentioned, is going to be interesting to see what these teams come out with. But I'm assuming the Ash, because the Law Ridge hit scan, I think, is, is still meta. Well, that, that's really the option for Long Range hit scan, period, unless you want to shot with McCree. Like, looking at yeah. Alice's side, I'm not worried at all, to be honest. Uh, we saw Decay pop off so much on Ash. He was the reason why people were scared of us when it came to his Ash too. Now, one thing we do have to take into consideration is Ash did just get a nerf. Now we don't yep, know. the dynamite. We don't know if that two-second dynamite nerf is going to be enough to maybe make people pick her less. But, but I do think it is something to take into consideration. Yeah, and another point too is a lot of times with those dynamites you use uh, the Arissa Holt, but there's no Arissa now. Ooh. So, good point, good point. So, so the dynamite is a longer cooldown and it's less effective. You can notice Ash and the other team, granted we're, you know, low-level players. We're too dumb. We're like, oh, there's Ash. Oh, we're on fire. Like, <laughs> no. The pro players know not to stay together knowing there's an Ash at a certain location. So she's much less effective. So maybe we could be wrong and there's no Ash play, but that's why I enjoy hero pools in small doses. Like, yes. I like the playoffs having, yes. like, everybody. But hero pools in small doses where you have to think, like, dang, if I had to really play this myself, what would I do? Like, that's pretty cool. So, maybe we won't see Ash. But if we do, I'd agree with you. I think Decay is a very consistent Ash player. Um, yeah, so we'll see if she's met and gets played. But one thing I want to ask you is, are we going to see another double hit scan week? That's definitely a meta that we're starting to kind of roll into, and I do think that Dallas and Houston, to give you guys some credit, are prepared for that. 
but it, I that would be our best case scenario. Yeah. I think we we would perform the best with a double hit scan better. And I'd be honest, I would think if y'all run the Genji Ash kind of style, y'all would do better in that regard because we don't truly have that Genji player that's that good. But I, I think Doha, yeah, Doha is more, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is, is, you know, is, is well-versed on the Genji. Dante can play it as a serviceable level, but it, it wouldn't be enough to carry, right? He would need a lot of help from Linkser in the Ash battle. So it, it, it depends. If it's double hit skin, I think we can compete. I think Decay and Dante can just go at it. And we saw in the previous matchups, they pretty much cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. Really, neither of them had two big plays. And it comes down to, you know, who wins between uh, Doha and, and Linkser. Um, depending on the heroes, if Linkser's playing Ash and Doha's playing Genji, you know if he gets if Linkser gets Dove, what can we do? So, right. it, it, but Linkser gets the headshot, and then you know it's it. Like so, it's really gonna come down to it's gonna be close, man. These matches are too close. And that's, They're too I'm, close to tell. I'm so excited about that, but that, that's why I want to take this time to break down the matches. You know, we mm-hmm. we know what we're going to see from the teams, right? We're probably going to mm-hmm. see Doha Decay starting on Dallas, Gamsu Note, because they never get swapped out. Uh, we're going to see Paintbrush and Crimson in. Okay, cool. Nothing new. Uh, I, I did take a look at the hero pool beforehand, and like I mentioned, I'm genuinely not worried uh, because all of these heroes that are being banned, save for Widow, right. because I know that whenever we do have both Decay and Oni when he pops off, because we've only seen him what, play three games now, yeah, uh, yeah. The man's pretty talented in Widow as well, but we don't really need that. We have good hit scans, we have good tanks, and we have good supports. So what we need to take a look at now is going through the game piece by piece, right? Starting off on mm-hmm. Control, both Dallas and Houston have shown that Control is one of our stronger map types. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I, I would say that is one of our stronger map types. Control is going to be tricky, right? Because what does it come down to a control, man? You're going to get the 1v1s eventually. Mm-hmm. An individual skill comes into so much more play. Um, it, it's, it's hard to say because I, I, don't, what, I don't know what they're going to run. Like, there's no May, right? So let's say it's, what is it, um, Lijang Tower um, in the control center. You know, like, where it's the usual May Reaper kind of style map. There's no May, so you can't really run the Reaper because they just can't. You can't wall them in like that. Right. So what do they run, right? It's it's not a really good map for Genji on that style because there's not a lot of you know wall climbing up in the air places. So like, what do you run? But like, but uh, but on Lijong Tower, like, uh, what is it? The the Garden Stay where Farah boops all the time with yeah. the bridge. Yeah, I think it's called Garden or something like that. I could be wrong there. But so what are they going to run there? Dante could bust out the Faro. Like, but if they run their Ash, like, there's, there's so many different combinations. So it's hard to say, but on Control, um, I mean, if I had to pick one, I think it's 50-50, to be honest. But I have to go with the home team, so I think the Outlaws take it. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not expecting you to say if I had to pick one for this entire episode. Go ahead and be <laughs> biased, okay? Because I sure enough am. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's fair. No, I feel it, but like I genuinely believe that it, it's really close right now between these two teams. I, I um, would have to agree. And the thing that's really interesting too is when you look at the both the outlaws and the fuel. When you look at their like average season performance, I'd say that we're both sitting right in the middle of the pack. You yep. know, like the teams aren't bad. We had a uh, coach Christopher from the Philadelphia Fusion. He went on the Tactical Crouch podcast, and he very candidly said Dallas is one of those teams that they can beat you at any given moment. Like you, they you, could. You can't give a team with the DPS potential that we have. And like Overwatch right now is a DPS's game. 
I, I, I still stand. Oh by yeah, you, which, you, which, which, I'm glad. I'm so glad it's a DPS game now, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see Ryan Hearts and Zarya just walk forward and like, oh, it's kind of boring. Just whole left click on somebody. Right, I want right. to see, I want to see some flashy DPS plays. I want to see pulse bombs and dragon blades, man. That's what I want to see in Overwatch. And that means that you're going to need to have those fresh, talented DPS in order to carry the team. I, I didn't realize this. Did you know that Paintbrush is 24? Uh, no, I did not know that. Wow, talking uh, about doing so, the grind. Uh, Paintbrush is 24. Uh, got signed to the Gladiators earlier this year, then traded to Dallas. So this is his first season. Onigod is 22. Uh, he has been performing professional Overwatch for four years now since he was 18. He performed wow. on the Swedish World Cup team for four years. Just now got promoted to Owl. Uh, so I've noticed that the Fuel organization definitely likes to invest in experienced players. And it's starting now they to do. pay off. No, now, now they do. 100%. <laughs> it's, it's really starting to pay off too because we have players that are comfortable under pressure. Players that can mm. compete and perform when they need to and can enable our young DPS to really pop off. I, I look forward to this game, not just for the fandom, but I do think that seeing these, I don't want to call our teams middle of the table, because I think that's a little unfair. Um, Owl is a really weird esport right now, especially with well, yeah. two regions. Well, yeah, and to me, it's actually, it's, it's, bril it's uh, actually, I'll just say it's brilliant, because your team is just one meta away. Jesus Christ, the Paris Eternal, just one Gigi buff away from Team Dean. Damn, you're the best team in the league, because of one Gigi buff and one player, obviously. And, and come on, Sparkle, you, you kind of, he, he kind of helped them just a bit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah, but, 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 if it, but, but imagine if it was a, like a McCree meta. Let's see if McCree gets buff, and like, and, and, and Genji just becomes like worthless and didn't get that buff. Sparkle is useless. Yeah, like he couldn't play. Like, what do you do? Put him on the May? I've seen his May. Sorry, dog, but that's not your hero. Like that's just not it. You're you are a Genji Doomfist. So that's the thing you mentioned about Overwatch League. You're one meta away from really being an amazing team. Right. So so that that could happen. And so our both our teams being middle of the pack, that doesn't mean they're bad. It's just it could be we really just have what the meta comes at the end of the season. And all of a sudden we make a run and, you know, maybe get the championship. That's still possible. You know, it, it's going down to the end, but it's mm -hmm. still possible. And the thing I'm really looking forward to when it comes to this game is this is the, no, technically it's the second game of the day. So I can't mm -hmm. be like, this will be what dictates the rest of the meta for the weekend. But Hero Pools are often really interesting way to see how good a team is. I mean, we've had this argument time and time again on Texas Watch. Subscribe if you haven't so you can get it in the future. Uh, because we... <laughs> the concept of Hero Pools is really interesting. It's, mm -hmm. it's an algorithmically based way to make the game more difficult for the teams. And it means yeah. a team that's more creative, that has a wider Hero Pool that has players that are good enough to be flexible. Like, I'm sure we have plenty of players in the entire Overwatch League who would be happy to just one-trick Widow the entire time. Oh, of course. I mean, I just want a one-trick Tracer. Like, the, every every game I'm in, but, like, that's the beauty of Overwatch because sometimes they just have everything to counter your hero. There's a, If I'm playing Tracer, there's a Roadhog, there's a McCree, mm -hmm. and there's a Brig. It's like, like dude, switch, switch off a Tracer, man. You're going to get hooked, stunned by two people. Like, you're not going to do it. So that's fair. And then with the Hero Pools now, it makes it even more creative. These coaches have to be more creative about where we're going to run and what they think other teams are going to run. Because remember, you have to guess. Because you're like, okay, we think they'll do this because everyone else is doing this. This is our counter. Or run the mirror, and then you could be screwed if you've been practicing against the mirror the whole time. Then you're not going to know how to handle anything else. 
So it's tough on these coaches, though. But, man, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. And I will say we have the um, coach advantage, I would say, when it comes to the two teams. I mean, sure. Yeah. Sure. This is the guy, uh, what did he say, Decay just wanted to, to take a day off, like, in the middle of a turn. Like, what? Like, no. No. Come on, coach. You, and you don't, you don't announce that, like, right like after the fact I, hope, at, I mean i don't least, know at least he's willing to be candid and honest like there is something that me personally after watching this organization for as long as i have after seeing the various mm. coaches that mb chooses how the organization works i do think mm. that it's kind of interesting and i have a bit of a theory that there might be something behind the scenes at fuel hq that we're not seeing as fans uh, but that's, that's like uh, helping or hindering the coach. I want to say hindering a little bit, but I, mm, I, okay. I think that it has to do with the fact that Envy as an organization, quick tangent, has been an organization that's known for winning. You know, like Envy doesn't really just join an esport just to say, hmm, we're going to try. You know, like true, they, very they true. Just picked up a Valorant team who's a really good team. Granted, I don't really follow Valorant all too much, but if Envy says, "Hey, we're joining Valorant," I pay attention. You know, like of course, okay, and, okay. and I think that that's the, that could be said about a lot of teams. Like Cloud Nine's also one of those teams that has a lot of name recognition too. Um, so that's been said about a couple. Cloud Nine pulled out of Overwatch League. I, it's not really super they public. Did. But they're they're no longer owners of this. Well, I think they own it via like a sub company or some shit. Right, because they were the original London Spitfire, yes. and, and then they got out of that. Or I guess yeah, they got out of it as a front-facing part of it. Yes. Um, they just don't throw their name around on it right now. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it's still, they're one of those organizations, and and when that happened, it was a big deal. When they came in, it was a big deal. It gives legitimacy to a lot of these esports. Um, but yeah, Team Envy. I mean, Team Envy has a Rocket League team. They've got a Valorant team. They've got a. Uh, I don't know if they still have a CS:GO team. I haven't seen them in a while. Um, but Europe, Europe's kind of dominating did CS:GO. Have a CS:GO team did. <laughs> yeah, but but they're they're they are uh, you know a brand name. So it it will we'll see. So maybe maybe it is maybe it is an organizational thing. I don't know, man. But I know Harshaw and uh, Dream. They've got the full backing of ownership. Because uh, I mean, they're they're letting them do what they need to do, and they've made changes, and so far we're on the up and up. We say, I, especially I, I, I want to say credit to the Outlaws organization too. Ever since y'all got bought out by this real this estate investor, random Houston real estate yeah, investor, <laughs> yeah, I I have noticed the team seems to be not only happier, but it genuinely feels like more of an esports organization than the previous Optic and. In in your guys' defense, Optic just went through a shit ton of drama over the past couple of years. Right, right. So, they had to cut some things out, and Overwatch League was too expensive. So they had to cut it, which it sucked. But um, I'm glad we also didn't get any kind of crazy shit from, because we were partially owned by, what was it, Immortals or something oh, yeah, for a little while. That. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, they're going to fucking throw us in the tank, dude. They're going to, like, shaft it just because they can. Like, and just, you know, they own two teams now. But they actually kept it pretty stable until we got bought out by someone else. So... That ended up yeah. being good. Kudos um, to but, Immortals for taking care of the Outlaws Orb, too. They didn't have to. Right, so. right. You know, I'm sure there was something in it for them, but they, they did us the right way. You know, they did us right. Um, so I'm going to take that one. I know it was a point I didn't intend to bring up, but ha, I would say our coaching lineup beats the Fields coaching lineup. All right. So okay. next. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say either or. Uh, I, I am confident that Arrow is a good coach. He has proven himself time and time again. 
uh, I want to say Coach Young, the coach that we got from Element Mystic. I don't know if you've noticed, but Dallas has gotten a lot more precise in their game playing this year. And I definitely think that Young has a huge influence in that. It's a define precise. Like, the I, the I way that we dive on characters when we finish fights is a lot faster than it used to be. It's a lot more like, hey, we actually have a plan and we're executing on it. Versus the, granted, last season was GOATS, so it's kind of a... Yeah, I'd I'd give more credit with the players you have now, in my opinion, than, especially with Doha and Decay, and if you watch any Korean contenders, support Tier 2, they, in general, Korean DPS players move at a much faster pace, in my opinion, than Western players. They play fast. If you watch NA contenders, which is obviously, just admit, the Farm League for Overwatch League, when you watch the two leagues, and even Europe as well, um, Korean contenders is different. There's a reason they put pump so much money into them. There's a reason that they have esports arenas for tier two. Like they, every time they play it's in an arena, everyone else is at home, like just trying to do it over, you know, whatever the online. Korean esports, they do it land every time, and the level of play is just so high. So I think that's been a big contributing factor for you guys, just having two Korean DPS making these calls saying, "Yo." Jump this person. We're going to kill them. And they just go. And everyone else has to figure it out. And that's, I think, why earlier in the season when DK said he needed a break, it was a lot for him. I'm pretty sure. I mean, this is just a wild speculation. Let me put on my green tinfoil hat because green is a great color. Um, That he was doing all this and making these calls and saying, let's go. I'm pulling you guys along. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And that must be tiring. So, And then he needed a break. So, I think it's more the players in that case than I, I'd give to to the coaches there, but I'm sure. But they have helped. I mean, obviously they haven't done. They've done well because they're mid tier. They're not well, bottom tier like some of these back, teams. We can go back to the dream quote that you just had. Like, coaches can only do so much. Right. At we can the make end, the set play, but right. that's it. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's the players on the mouse and keyboard, and it's the players that are the ones actually performing the actions. That's uh, true. And also, like the game that we had, I think it was against Vancouver where they threw in Oni God expecting him to perform on his first game, and, of course, he was nervous. But I think that that game was a wake-up call for the rest of the Fuel members that, hey, don't just rely on Decay. Like, everybody needs to be able to step it up. And I think that after those couple of games with Oni, we did step it up. And granted, Mm -hmm. we lost three games in a row. Oh, no, didn't we beat Toronto? No, you guys lost to Toronto. lost to Toronto. Because that's when Agility's fucking popped off. And oh, they, Genji. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, Genji. Oh, Agility's <laughs> is back. Okay. Well, yep. Which, uh, personally, I think that he's only back because Genji got those buffs. Of course. They're, yeah. Well, think about there are a lot of players like that. I mean, I mean, just Sparkle. Hacks, I mean, what Sparkle and Hacksaw, like, what else do you really see them play? They either get put on, like, Genji or Mei, and they both suck at Mei. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, it's just like, oh. So, that's another meta shift, like we were talking about earlier. Um, but yeah, so I think I, I've derailed this away from what your original topic was of what each map type, you know, who would win what. I, dude, um, I don't care. This is this episode. <laughs> we are specifically talking about our teams. This is the podcast for this. Okay, I don't care oh. if we stay on track or not. What I care about is the fact that the Dallas Fuel are going to beat the Houston Outlaws. Calling it now. <laughs> not you, so yeah, fast, you, my you friend. Me. You heard me. <laughs> 
I, Not I, so fast. I genuinely think that Dallas is in a position to where we are ready to win some games this season. Every season, literally every mm-hmm. season since season one, the last quarter is when we finally kick it into high gear. This is when we actually make our final push towards playoffs. This is when we finally say, make the decision mm-hmm. okay. We're not going to just always be the middle of the tier mm-hmm. teams. I see. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do think this will finally be our chance to actually go somewhere. Whenever we get to the countdown cup, awful name. Guys, come on. You can do better. Yeah, really? Come on. You guys get paid better than that. Damn. <laughs> they like their alliteration. I get it. Okay. Oh. I like it too. But whenever we get there, if as long as we don't get stuck with the fucking black horse that was Paris. Wait, Dark Horse, not Black it's Horse. It's Dark Horse. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I paused it. Wait, I was Black like, well, Horse. Like, right. That's not right. That's not right. Yeah, they're, like, they're, 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 they're the Black Horse team. <laughs> Unless, which actually. The Dark Horse. Isn't there, like, the Mavericks or something? Aren't they, like, Black Horses? No. 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 What, what, they're, bl- they're, they're blue and white. You know what a Maverick is? No. <laughs> Actually, a Maverick is a, I, I believe it's a, so, wait, wait, wait now you've got me confused. Because it's like, they, the, the logo, yeah, the logo is a horse on it. Yes. Right. The logo is, but it's white and blue. It's not like black. Then no, the logo is not black. What's the black horse called? I know, like, aren't they, that's not the point, okay? <laughs> Are you talking about an NBA team with a black horse? No, I can't remember now. I'm going to say, like, stallions, but no, that's just a type of horse. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody that knows horses, please let us know in the comments down below. Thank you. Yeah, because obviously uh, <laughs> we're, we're slow. It, it's very clear. <laughs> but no, like, unless we get caught up against the Dark Horse team like the Paris Eternal again, I, if we didn't get, when we went into that game, I thought we actually had a chance. Like, I, I didn't know Sparkle I mean, was going to pop off like he did. Paris wasn't, check, Paris wasn't looking as good as they did until we saw him check, in that game. If you check my bracket, uh, the summer, I had Paris doing very well because mm-hmm. I knew Genji would be OP and Sparkle's good at Genji. Did so I had that game. No, I had to go to the third round <laughs> and, and losing to the Shock. And that was shocking. That's right, pun intended. That they won. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the heat on that one. I, I, I know that, that was that was that was bad. I, I came down the spot. Which, by the way, I'm a little disappointed. Why didn't we do brackets for the last tournament? We told we, could, we had yeah. the opportunity to do brackets and we didn't. Their brackets are still there. I would like to see how many points you got um, at some point. Maybe when we finish talking about the fuel and outlaws, compare because it's point based, right, between Asia and the North American region. Oh shit, Selby. I only filled out the NA bracket. Oh, well, then I win. <laughs> Victory. Because it counts points for both. Dude, my bracket was busted so quick. It wasn't even worth it. <laughs> yeah, my my bracket was busted. It, it, I don't think I busted. Oh, yeah, it did when, to, when Toronto got to the semis. And that was like, I think. Uh... I, yeah, against the Fusion. And I was like, okay, yeah, that that I did not have Toronto going that far. <laughs> There's that no way. So good, though. Like, bringing this back to the Battle for Texas, right? Mm-hmm. I say that Dallas is going to win, not just with bias. I, I look, I'd hope not. I hope I, you got I, some ammunition. I you got some in the chamber. Pool, I think that the tank line is going to be your biggest problem. Mecco is fine. Mecco okay. will always be fine. He has mm-hmm. Diva available, which I think that the buff Diva will be on this patch. And he has Sigma available. I'm worried about your main tank. 
You have Muma, okay. who's been playing mediocre all season. And then you have Hydration, mm-hmm. who is getting better at main tank. I will not deny this. Mm-hmm. He usually plays Orisa. He does. He does. Which is so, up I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Like, take that away. What What does he have? I think he's played Reinhardt maybe once or twice. And that's looked he- okay. It it has it looks serviceable, which is why I hope they do something in regards to switching them out. So it's not going to be that he's still, he's still getting paid, so he could be swapped in. Yeah, and he's been playing a lot. He's been streaming a lot more lately. It's still very obvious. He still wants to play. I get the impression from his streams and listening to him talk. He definitely wants to play. He just knows he needs to step his game up in scrims or practice, whatever it may be. He's got to show that he deserves to be the starting main tank. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, he hasn't done that. So maybe he can work his way in. And it'll be good, man. Competition, in my opinion, as someone who played sports and everything, is good. You play, you're either going to rise up to the challenge or crumble when you know someone's breathing down your neck. Right, especially... Either, if, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, yeah, in that situation, especially, you know, if you know someone's coming for your spot or your spot's potentially in danger, do you play better or do you literally let it get to you and play worse and then get your spot taken? So maybe some lesson Moomin needs to learn, and maybe he'll get better from this. I'd hope so. But that's that, that's my honest defense, like... Your, your support line is fine. Your DPS line is fine. Without, excuse me, without so, Widow, I do think that the Outlaws are a little bit weaker compared to Dallas. Just, mm-hmm. just throwing that out there. Uh, with If Widow was still in, it'd be a different conversation. While we do have Decay and Oni to play Widow, Lynx's Widowmaker is still, in my opinion, one of the best in the league. When he's yeah. on, we all know he's hot and cold. Well, in my opinion, I have to say this. I'll counter with this. Okay. You have the worst player on the starting roster what in Crimzo. In Crimzo? Crimzo's the worst player in the lobby. I wouldn't agree with that, but what makes Who's you the say worst that? player in the lobby? In the, in the lobby the... between Dallas and Houston? Yes. I, I, my finger wants to go towards hydration, but that's only he... because he's in a position that he's not usually playing. He, I, I Crim- don't think that Crimzo is the worst player in the lobby. Crimzo has proven he's a fucking starter. Why do you think that he got that spot? Why do you think Hydration got his spot? Like, well, well, because that's, a, that's not a good, playing too hot. Well, that's not a good argument why, why he's in the starting lineup, which means he's better than someone. No, 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 no. Crimzo just gets dunked on and outplayed by every support he goes against. He has not outplayed a support line or done it one time. Paintbrush actually... Sucked ass his debut, of but course, showed but up that after that. What, that's usually what happens. Okay. I have, I've, I've never seen a game where I'm like, "Yo, Crimzo popped off," okay. not once. Okay, not once. So, I haven't even seen a game where Hydrations mm-hmm. popped off on the Winston and gone in and won some fights for us. He has the wrecking ball in his artillery. Like he's good at a, the, the road hog. He's an outstanding road hog. That's his main here. He can literally play almost any tank, uh, tank line and mini main tank in the game and almost all the off tanks. So I don't know if I, I, I at, a, at a high level, more than Muma can. So I don't know if I'd say he's the worst player in the lobby. I would say that if you take Jexay Rappel, at least in support lines, against like Cribzo, I, I just don't see h- how he stacks up. I mean, I, I I'm not going to sit there and completely disagree with you. You do raise a very good point. One thing I do want to add, though, is we've had this discussion again over and over and over again. If a support isn't being noticed, are they really doing a bad job? But they're not doing a great job. Well, okay. Okay, true. If I, I, I think it just might be... They're just, just being average. Uh, well, look at, look at Closer, right? 
Like, he, he supported us for a very long time. He didn't mm. really pop off all too much. He occasionally popped off on Lucio. It, I know, yeah. I, I I know more about Closer for sure than I know Crimzo. And Crimzo even talks a lot of shit for someone who does it. <laughs> he talks a lot of shit in the lobby for someone who, in my opinion, does not make many very big plays at all. Yeah. Like, any person on both our teams, uh, I can say, like, oh, yeah, they did so-and-so here. Like, Mecco did this huge, like, he had this huge diva play, or his Sigma's gotten a lot better. Note Sigma's noticeable now. We know that um, um, hydration has improved and is versatile with a lot of heroes. Our DPS, nothing needs to be said. Our DPS can pop off and stuff. And so, and I think of all these people, and I'm like, what the fuck has Crimzo done? I just picture him on Zenyatta, and then, like, he just keeps, like, dying. Like, that's, that's the first thing I let think me, of. Let me see if I can actually pull up. Crimson stats specifically. I would like to see that because that's that's the first thought that came to mind. So I'm gonna stand by that. I think y'all have the worst player in the lobby. I think that's the case. Now then, I could make the art. Then you could argue the best player in the lobby is tough. I think obviously between Dante and Decay, but that's that that's that's gonna be tough. It's it's tough because both Dante and Decay were putting carry positions for their team. Yeah, and they've done yeah, it. Yeah, and that's that's again where it gets complicated because you have Dante who plays the carry potential and Decay who plays carry potential. But Dante's played mostly what the projectile, the tracer, the echo. He's played everything. Whereas, played everything, yeah. or, whereas Decay, when he comes in, he's the hit scan specialist. He's the one clicking heads. He's the one getting the right. first pick in the fight. It's it's difficult, and I do actually anticipate plenty of Dante Decay duels. If we go to Junkertown, I I, I remember I oh texted you about this where we saw it was the Philly Houston game, and mm. both of y'all were playing the whole fucking let me crouch and sneak around as Tracer and Widow to get some like shots. That was good Overwatch. Yeah, I, I yep, like seeing that, and I hope that we get to see that again because we don't see it all too often where players get a little bit more creative with how they play the game versus just playing the game. Right, exactly, exactly. And you get, I love seeing that. I love these strategies coming out of nowhere. Or maybe it was planned, but these two players know, Dante and Linkser, how to play those angles on a map like Junkertown, which is important. But I wouldn't take anything away from, you know, Doha and Decay being able to, to match something like that. Oh. I, I think it's really close. Let me ask you, because my memory isn't going great. Who is the other DPS on Houston? Jexay and Repel. Those are our DPS. Oh, DPS. Sorry, I said support. So DPS. <laughs> I'm like, wait. Know, okay, so it's, my bad. I had that in my mind. Dante, support. So, Linkser, Blase. Those are the three we rotate with. That's that's it. Y'all only had three DPS. That's it. I, I believe. Need, um, we only rotate between three two, so I can't really talk. But right. A anyone else? I don't. I don't think we really play that much. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, um yeah that's that's i think that's all the three dps yeah that's literally all three we have in the roster i just checked real quick that's all we got okay i, I can't really compare it too much and i just pulled up crimzo's stats uh he primarily plays Ana, zen and moira so i'm we're probably gonna see a lot of moira zen from him this week mm -hmm. moira for sure the thing that's really interesting about moira whenever she's in is she's not really a impact character uh well hear me out when i say this right I, I yeah i'll tell you how to judge moira go ahead i consider flex supports more of the impactful supports moira is mm. more along the lines of i'm supposed to heal and i can still get damage 
But mm-hmm. she has doesn't she still have the highest healing output in the game? Yeah, she's closer to a main support than a flex support. Right, right. So I, I don't know, man. Like it's it's really curious to see what we're gonna see this week, especially from Strats. Oftentimes we've seen teams go to the double shield option with Orisa mm-hmm. Sigma. We don't got Orisa this week, so are we gonna see Ryan Sigma? Maybe Ryan Zarya, Ryan Diva, like Oh, bring back Ryan Zarya. I would love to see oh, it. Oh hell yeah, dude. I would love to see it. Uh, that personally worries me just a little bit too. If we do see Ryan Zarya, I know that Note has been practicing his Zarya and his Sigma. I haven't seen him play Zarya all too much recently, but Diva is also an option. I would be very, very happy for the Note Mecco Diva duel. I I would know. I'll I'll take I'll I'll see your um, Diva um, Note and raise you. Mecco Zarya, because Mecco Zarya is low-key great, and we will bring, if we get King's Row, bring back Spree's Row, baby. We will put Spree in <laughs> and run the Zarya. The Wait. Hell yeah, he is. Hell yeah, Seriously? he is. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, if it's Ryan Zarya, we get King's Row, good fucking luck, because he will have grab in about 30 seconds. And that's literally the <laughs> only hero he plays. So, if Nope wants to play Devil in that regard, or go one-on-one against Spree, I will take my odds there. Um... So we'll we'll see. So yeah, yeah, we got we got some some pocket picks here on the bench for the outlaws. Don't uh can't can't really doubt us here, you know. Okay, so okay, okay, I'll give I'll give y'all that. I I'm just really curious because we don't see players coming off of the bench all too often anymore, especially right. this late in the season. Like I I, I can't understate. We have like what five more weeks. But see, you say that, but then Oni God for you guys is a pretty, you know, rotates in quite often. Um, between Doha, Decay, Oni God, and Doha. Uh, Do- yeah, those three. Yeah, yeah Doha's on our team twice. twice. <laughs> yeah. He, there's, there's, so, between you and Doha V2, okay. All of <laughs> They, they, all of them, they, I think you guys, you guys rotate more than we do, I think, which is fair because I think between all the levels of all three of them, I think y'all would have the higher skill level overall DPS-wise because Blase is fucking one trick like like hey, this one trick we, we have seen one tricks come in and pop off i mean what was it no it used to be a one trick uh he did really good i mean he got signed because he was a one trick so true true which is why we signed blase because we signed him during a doomfist meta and his, his genji is pretty decent too but we let dante play the genji now so what does that say so i, I don't know what's going on there but uh, but but yeah. So I, I think that it's gonna be you know, we'll, it's the DPS lineup all the way around that y'all may have a little bit of an advantage. But you guys rotate just as much, if not more, than anyone when it comes to that part. Yeah. Uh, we we slow down our rotations. We don't. I'm I'm happy about that as well. We uh don't put in Rockus as much anymore. No hate to Rockus. I think he's a very good Ana. But uh, but yeah, Jexane Repel is just playing too consistently, and I would like to see that matchup because Jexane Repel. Let's say they're both playing Moira's. Um, I believe Repel would be on. No, I think Jexe would actually be the Moira, and Repel would run like uh, the thought, Zen. I thought Jexe's so, primary character was Lucio. It is his primary character is Lucio, but we flex him now. He doesn't just play Lucio, so I'm okay. assuming that means he's gotten better. Because I've seen him, on, I've seen him put the Baptiste uh, or Repel put the Baptiste. No, if Jexe puts the Baptiste, Repel plays the Zen. So you want to put Repel on Zen if we can, because he's a really amazing Zen, and he would dunk on Crimzo if that was the case. Uh, so, and we found that out in the summer showdown, the one to be one Zen. So just saying, I have, I have evidence of that. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting and you can always tell a Moira who's actually being effective. How fast do they have coalescence? If you're not getting in a pro level, in my opinion, as a non-pro, so take that what you will. Uh, <laughs> if you're not getting coalescence at least every fight and a half, 
in Overwatch League, at least, like at a minimum, it should be every fight, you're kind of not doing something right because you, you can heal the entire team. That's like you can pump out almost 1,800 HP of healing and get the 56% alt charge in the first parts of the fight. You can get a lot done as Moira. Not so, just that, but you can't forget, she actually technically has an AoE heal. So yeah, it's an AoE. She spray, but she can heal everyone around her at the same time. And she can do damage. So, like, cleaning up the fight, you can do damage and get more alt charge. So there's so many different tools that she has to do damage and heal and, and, and build up her alt. So... Um, you, you can tell from that. I, I don't know what Crimson's, Crimson's Moira looks like. I just don't remember it being it being serviceable. That's what I remember. I'm going to be but... honest with you. It's all right. It is serviceable, and it gets the job done, and we have one off of it. So it's not like it's, it's not win- going to do anything. Oh, yeah. Every, every Both our teams have players where it's winnable. We're not the Washington Justice here, okay? We're both our, te- both our teams can, can, can win we, some games. Can we keep saying that now that they're the Titans 2.0? They won one game, so I don't know. They won one game, but they picked up a lot of good players who have good team synergy, and I do think that for the last bit of this season, we should keep an eye on the Justice. Just throwing okay. that out there. I think the Titans are the one I'd really be scared of. Yeah. I would really be scared of the Titans. As a contender's team who's doing this well yeah, this early. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're just like, man, when y'all get some strategies and stuff going, y'all going to be, be kind of tough here. Um, Dalton and, uh, I believe, who is it, uh, Stitch is the who's is Dalton and some no Shockwave. Yeah, Dalton Stitch and Shockwave is on the Titans. Now. Just no, he's on oh, the Justice. Justice. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I think they're one to be scared of. But for for the Outlaws, I, I think we've had a real good shot here, but taking y'all down because we're just better. That's okay. pretty much it. Well, I mean, I, I would say who do you got in this game, but I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going for Dallas. You're going Do you for not Houston. see all this green over green? I am looking forward to this game, point blank period. Not just for the rivalry, not just because our teams are playing, but because whenever our teams play, it's a good game. It's save, always, save it's always for a good the game. the very first one. That one wasn't a good game. But ever since then, it's been a good game. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's some rivalries. We, our teams talk shit now, too. I can't wait to see match chat. Oh, my Links- God, yes. Between Linkser and Crimzo, Linkser talks his shit. He does anim- anime memes in the chat. Dante's gotten a little bit on it. Uh, Crimzo's always on there. They, and they always teabag out there every kill. It's great. It's as, great to as watch. As you should when it's your rival. <laughs> but uh, that's another here and over there, guys. We are very excited for this next game. But that's not until this Friday. But until next time, this has been Texas Watch. Your source for Houston Outlaws, Dallas Field discussion, and just Overwatch chat. You can catch the show right here live on twitch.tv forward slash project AR every Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time because Texas time is bestest time. If you can't catch the show live, don't worry about that. Follow us on podcast services. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please click that like button. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and please ring the notification bell. You're going to be able to subscribe right there. I'm going to put the bubble right there. And uh, maybe catch another one of our podcasts, probably somewhere over here. I I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to put it. Future Anthony, edit that in. Okay, thanks. Until next time, (laughs) let's make Texas proud. Yeehaw.